Welcome to Critical Blues Reviews. I'm your host, Critical. What's the word, everybody? It's good to be back. And remember to make me last by giving listener support to the podcast. So, yeah, let's go ahead and keep this thing rolling. So, today, we will be reviewing... Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Directed by Andre Urvidal. He directed Troll Hunter and The Autopsy. And the logline for this film is an ambitious young girl who finds a deadly book of stories which places her friends in grave danger. Now, the writer for this film is Dan Hageman, who also wrote Troll Hunter and The Lego Movie. And I believe his brother, Kevin Hageman, who wrote Troll Hunter and Lego Movie, also wrote Mystery Men. Now, the writer and producer for this film is Guillermo del Toro. He directed Pan's Labyrinth, Hellboy, and The Shape of Water. Now, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark movie is based off of the iconic anthology series horror novel written by Alvin Schwartz in 1981. Also, more Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark came out in 1984. The third installment, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, More Tales to Chill Your Bones, dropped in 1991. Now the characters for this film, you have Stella Nichols, who's played by Zoe Margaret Coletto. You might have seen her in Annie and Wildlife. You have Ramon Morales, played by Michael Garza. He was in The Hunger Games, Mockingjay, and Timeless. You also have Augie Hildebrandt. He, uh, you might have seen, um, well, he's being played by Gabriel Rush, who you might have seen in the Grand Budapest Hotel and No Letting Go. Chuck Steinberg, played by Austin Zarger. He also played in Fist Fist Fight and Kidding TV series. You also have Ruth Steinberg, played by Natalie Gonshorn. You might have seen her in Make It Pop and Wet Bum. And I guarantee those are not uh, porno movies. And also you have Roy Nichols, played by Dean Norris. He was in Break in the Breaking Bad series and Under the Dome. Now, this novel was an American Library Association most often often challenged book. Uh, this book was challenged for reasons of violence, occult, and satism and insensitivity. That's why most parents hated this novel in the early 90s and the height of its popularity. Many of the stories were based off of based on folklore. Now, I did own this book. I had the book where it was the, um, uh, like a skeleton that was smoking out of a pipe. And I think I liked that book. I, I, yeah, I think I did. I, I can't remember all of the stories in it, but I remember having that book around like the ninth, 10th grade. I definitely remember having it in the 10th grade because I, I did something very very wrong i plagiarized yes i know actually it was uh in my complex class in 10th grade uh we had to uh home we had to tell stories and you know i I, a lot of of stories i did tell were my own and people did like them you know with the ones i wrote but the last story i told i didn't know that we had i was you know i was a procrastinator you know what i mean so i used to procrastinate a lot and and i waited to the last minute i actually forgot that I had to uh, turn this assignment in 
and it hit me like yo i have to you know turn this in and i'm like oh crap what am i gonna do so i pulled out my uh i pulled out my scary stories to tell in the dark and i it was like some type of weird gross poem that i wrote and the people were really like excited to hear what i was gonna write and when i said it it was like a letdown like they didn't know i i stole it from this book but they were like you know oh uh, you know uh i you know this, this this was lacking that's what they said and so it was like yo i got a grade for that work it was still messed up i plagiarized i got a grade for it but you know in the back end you know like people i guess the stories that i told before they like better the class like you know and when i did that poem it was like it was stupid to them you know what i mean it was like a ghoulish poem you know what i mean and you know i did some stupid bow at the end and they were like oh, i like this other stuff better and it was like oh but you know hey i passed i passed that class <laughs> i hope i passed that class but anyway uh yeah so that that was so i did have that book and i i think i really did enjoy it um also i did like the illustration of the books like when you would turn the pages had great illustration it was like gory or it looked i want to say it was gory it was like rotting flesh type illustrations you know like if you're familiar with like comic books from back in the day like john white he would like do this weird gross type of illustration you know what i mean if, if you're into comic books um so yeah the illustrations are interesting uh, very very interesting uh, I do, I try to remember, like, I, I didn't know at the time that I owned the book when I was watching the movie, but it was a, it was something that was like a story that, that I recognized something about, you know, the, the stew, you know, something in the pot of stew. And I was just like, oh, okay. I kind of remember that, you know what I mean? Like, but I, I didn't know where I got it from. I thought it was just something that, you know, I heard when I was a kid or whatever, but yeah, so this film, it was rated rated PG-13, which I'm not really a big fan of rated PG-13 type of horror. I mean, I know you have The Ring, Sixth Sense, The Others, The Grudge, Skeleton Key, and Night of the Comet. I mean, they all stood out. Those are my favorite movies. And uh, shout out to Dallas D. Yeah, you know, I, we had a, I had a conversation with Dallas D um, on my post on Instagram, and uh, she wasn't really feeling this movie. But uh, she did remind me that Quiet Place and Lights Out were so a couple of a few uh, good uh, rated PG-13 horror movies. But, you know, I, I feel like the best ones are rated R, you know. But, you know, like before I get into what I did like about the film, let me go ahead and get into the characters. Um, now, the characters were lukewarm to me. Uh, Stella, the main character, felt like she was the leader of the group even though she places them all in danger by her curiosity. And then you have Ramon Morales. He is the mystery stranger that links up with Stella and her friends. He's kind of like the love interest, but he's oddly friend zone in the movie. I think because he's Latino, that's just me. I don't know. I mean, hey, it is, it is what it is. It was just weird. It, it was like, hey, you know, it, it was like, uh, who, who saw, uh, what was, Romeo Must Die remember Romeo must die like at the end like Jet Li did through, went through all of that to save um um oh now I can't think of her name Aaliyah yeah Romeo went through all not Romeo but um Jet Li went through all of this to save Aaliyah then at the end all they did was hold hands you know what I mean like it was like that type of ending like what you know like wait, wait a minute like like he went through like all types of leaps and bounds to get to you or save you and you know like all y'all do is hold hands you know what I mean so I had that type of feel um 
but I would say I would I would say this though. Um, you had Augie and Chuck. Uh, they were the closest out of everyone that was in the film. They carried on like brothers. Augie is the more rational character, and Chuck is the comic relief of the group. So yeah, it, it was you know you know it was it was cool. Uh, Chuck had a weird relationship with his mother. Like y'all peep that out if you all do see the movie peep that out I, I felt like his relationship with his moms was a little too weird like his mother was a little touchy-feely you know to be her son you know what i mean it was just very strange and it was like certain things they were like like focusing on certain things and it was like uncomfortable for me to watch and I was like all right this is a little weird you know but it was brief but it was weird for the briefness of it uh, so you also have uh it was oh it was a line that stella said the main character she said, uh, we woke something up, you know, and if you watch the movie, you might understand where I'm coming from, because if I was her friend, I would have said, no, bitch, you woke something up, you know what I'm saying, like, no, you can't put that on me, like, you went out, you did everything, you know, behind our backs, now all of a sudden, you know, you want to say, hey, we did not, you did everything, you know, so that, that was, that was interesting, I like that line, that line just made me laugh when she said that and then you know of course that popped in my head like no bitch you woke me up you know not you woke me up no bitch you woke something up you know what i mean so that 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 was kind of that was kind of funny it just popped in my head so i was like you know what i'm I'm gonna say that on the podcast hell with it but anyway let me go to the likes the likes i did like the creativity of the deaths that were placed uh that was in place other than using the blood i thought like a lot of the deaths were very creative it kind of gave you that it was very reminiscent of that Mortal Kombat 1 on Super Nintendo that had no blood. Remember when uh, Mortal Kombat 1 dropped, you had it on Sega, it had blood. You had to put the code in to get the blood. But then on the Super Nintendo, they just had like uh, made up um, fatalities. That way, it would still be interesting. And I wasn't mad at that. I actually liked the Super Nintendo, excuse me, the Super Nintendo's version better because they had better graphics, I felt, the Mortal Kombat. And also, it was just different, you know, because I used to do stuff like freeze my opponent with Sub-Zero, and then I would do the deep freeze and you break the ice, and then all of a sudden, your character is still standing there woozy while, like, his broken body ice is on the ground. So I would do, like, weird stuff like that. And so I really enjoyed the Super Nintendo Mortal Kombat, but we all know that who remembers it when you heard it wasn't going to have fatalities, it was like, man, I'm getting a Sega, you know what I mean? So I already had a Super Nintendo, so yay, it just just was what it was. But it kind of gave you that feel. It was like a substitute for bloody uh, kill scenes. So it was very um, interesting how they did that. Uh, The film kept an eerie and and uncomfortable feel with decent jump scares, uh, and also the build, they built suspense like holding an orgasm that makes any sense like you know like if you like like how they just hold the suspense you know what i mean like you're feeling that something's going to happen right at this moment but it doesn't you know what i mean so it kind of i don't know like that's the thing i can relate it to like holding the orgasm because i'm good at that i can hold the orgasm but you can't hold it too long or it'll feel very very bad you know what i mean like it's like a very very bad feeling when you release but or you know you do that with your partner you can know how to hold their orgasm to kind of uh, anyway, that's not this type of uh, podcast. But anyway, I, that's the only thing I can think of, you know. But anyway, so we're going to keep it moving. So the dislikes. So the dislikes, uh, the character was stereotypical characters that really didn't bring anything new to the table. 
Stella was an asshole for placing her friends in danger, but I felt like they really could have played off of that, but they didn't. They almost made her seem innocent for what she had done, and like she was the the, the beacon of light type of thing. But it was like, yo, you got your you got your people in danger. You know what I mean? And and they didn't really play off that off of that too much. Like somebody should have said something. Like you know, you're always doing this behind our backs, or you know, you you're the one that'll you know throw the stone and hide your hand. Something I don't know, but something that relates to what she did. And you know, they didn't really play off of that that character. Um, I didn't like when the main character was like held hostage. It was like a jail scene. They were held hostage, and there's a supernatural situation that's happening. And I don't like when, like, you're the police or whatever, and you don't let the people out. You know what I mean? Like, some movies, they do that. But, you know, like, in this movie, it was kind of, you know, getting on my nerves. Like, all of this supernatural stuff is happening. And you had time to let these people out, but you, you're just going to sit there. And, you know, of, co- of course, you know, he tried to, you know, you know fire his weapon off. But, it, it, you know, it was just stupid. It was just like, all right, man, this is, this is a little lame. You know what I mean? It's a little lame. But anyway, other than that, I would compare this movie to Final Destination, The Ring, and It. So I know you're probably like, "Whoa, Final Destination, The Ring, and It, man, that's that's a, that's a that's a dope movie right there." And nah, no, nah, don't get too excited. All right, so well, I'm basically, I, I guess the lower point, like Final Destination, you had something that would move around and set off events in Final Destination. The ring, how in the ring they're all trying to solve each mystery type of thing of, uh, what was the girl name? Sor- Soraya, Sor- I can't think of her name. Sarita, Sor- something. I can't, it begins with an S or a C. It, or a C that has an S sound, I, I can't remember. But anyway, they were trying to like figure out, you know, the puzzle, you know, to the whole ring situation. It, that, that's kind of like how this was. It had like a little, you know, inkling of that. Then, you know, the it kind of came from the kids you know banding together you know um trying to beat the big bad type of deal so that so that's where that came from so uh after this i will give you a rating and we'll wrap things up all right all right so Welcome back. Now, the rating I give this film, I give this film, I want to say, I'm going to have to do a betweener because I'm not fully set on this number or both numbers. It's like in between. You know what? I, I'll give this film a six, six and a half big toes. I was going to give this seven big toes and a pot of stew, but I'm going to give this six and a half big toes and the pot of stew mainly because I, without the you know like I, I always felt this in horror you just throw in some blood and some naked boobs and I kind of get your mind off of how bad the movie is sometimes and this movie isn't bad but the thing is when it doesn't have that you know especially the, you know the blood it doesn't have to be super gory or anything just blood when you don't have that it makes you critique or it makes me I should say critique the movie more especially if it's a horror film like you're now worried about the story more, the acting more, because nothing threw your concentration off with blood. You know what I mean? Like, oh man, this, he got severed. That was crazy. Like, you know, Final Destination, that wasn't the best acting, 
But, you know, it was just when things would happen, you know, it would just be like, wow, did you see that? Did you see how she got hit by that bus or that train? Or da, 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 da? You know, and you kind of forget about how bad the acting is. Or even if you notice it, you don't care. You know what I mean? So I think that's what kind of hurt this film. I mean, it has some good visuals. That's another thing I want to add to the likes. It did have good visuals. But it, it was just certain things were just kind of lacking. It wasn't a bad movie to me at all. Like I said, it's like volleying between a six and a half and seven big toes in a pot of stew. So I would say it's worth checking out. I, I would say that. I'm not I'm not mad that I saw it. You know, some movies I'm like that. I'm mad when I go see it. You know, I'm not gonna call those movies out. You know, um but yeah. So that's it. So remember to continue to make me last by giving listener support to the podcast. And thank you for those who are giving listener support to the podcast. And hit me up on Instagram at Critical Blues Reviews with a K. The K is in Critical, is not like a C. So Critical Blues Reviews. And I am Critical and one.